today on the TMZ Podcast. Welcome to the TMZ Podcast. Derek here. Katie here. And Jason. Our last day with Katie before oh, she heads back to the Hamptons. Sad. Right. I really love Sad for whom? Us chat, or you? Yeah, it's sad mostly for you guys. We'll be fine. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be excellent. All right. Take it away, Jason. So the first story we want to talk about today is Alec Baldwin, who has once again done an interview with CNN. And we keep talking about how he gets himself in trouble with these interviews. And I actually think he's done himself more disservice now than he ever has in the past with his comments. He, he was legally or, or, or public image both actually. Yeah. Cause I think this, this statement that we'll, we'll focus on uh, can be used against him legally. And from a public image point of view, I, I, I've never quite heard of something. So uh, tone disastrous. Deaf, disastrous. Yeah. <laughs> so he was doing an interview. He, he's done an interview. Parts of it have come out with, um, I forgot the name of the reporter actually in any event um, where he, he talks about the case and he once again, uh, states that he did nothing wrong, that he is innocent. And I don't have any problem with that. That has been consistently his position he lays the from the beginning. At the armorer and the yeah. assistant director, Dave Halls, and Hannah Gutierrez read the armorer. Right. right. He so, says they gave him a hot So gun. he says somebody put a live bullet in the gun, which is true. And it wasn't him, and he didn't know it. I don't think he's going to dispute that, of that. Uh, and they should have known better. That was Hannah Gutierrez-Reed's job. Her job was to look at the ammunition, put it in the dummy round, put in a dummy round or a blank round, and there wasn't supposed to be any live rounds in the set. She then hands it to the assistant director, Hall, uh, Dave Hall, Dave Hall, and Dave Hall gives it to him. He's he doesn't talk about it in this case, but he, he in this interview, but he's talked in the past about how he didn't pull the trigger. The FBI disagrees. Regardless, he is ultimately saying, "I didn't know it was loaded. I was on a movie set. This is what I do, and it's other people's responsibilities." No problems there, right? Yes, right. And he also says he has a private investigator that he hired yeah. who has contacted the sheriff's department. And he claims that private investigator heard from the sheriff's department that they are not going to charge him and have known that for months, yes. but are going through the necessary investigation and procedure and release whatever report they're going to release, yeah. but they're not going to ultimately charge him. So this seems like an attempt to apply some pressure to the investigation to lead to a certain result. Now he's going to say, like, right. I heard differently, and if they ever charge me, it's trumped up. Right. And this is not the bombshell I want to talk about in a minute, but this sure. is a big point as well, because I think it's really silly of him to, if he has gotten this assurance from the sheriff that he's not going to be charged. Why bring that up? Because now there's going to be political and public pressure put on the sheriff to either explain him or herself yes. or to change course. Right. Absolutely. I think it, I think it backfires on him because now there's pressure for for it for him to be charged, but he's going to sit in the position and say this is obviously a miscarriage because the behind the scenes, they didn't want to charge me. So he's trying to set right. that up in case he does get charged. Um, you know, really quickly. I don't think Alec Baldwin like wanted to kill Helena Hutchins. I think that's very, very clear that he didn't yes. have the state of mind that most people think of with murder, malice, or even sort of heat of passion, anything like that. There is negligent homicide, though. I think that's a real charge that he could face. Right. And here's why. I think when they were blocking the scene, he didn't need to point and pull the trigger at Helena Hutchins. I think he he was negligent in that respect. It was unnecessary, regardless of what's in the gun, for him to sort of play around on set with a gun and, and pull the trigger. Now, did he want a bullet to come out? Of course not. But you don't need to. You just need to be negligent or careless, be, you know, beneath the duty right. of care. It's a much lesser charge. You get like 18 months, I think, in New Mexico for negligent homicide. But it's a charge. No, oh, it's, it's a conviction for killing someone if he were to be, if he were to plead guilty, be convicted for it. I'm not sure. So we'll see. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole necessarily. I'm not sure I agree with you. I don't know. No, I don't. Based on the facts I've seen, I don't know that he. So, so negligence is defined as having a duty to somebody else. And we all have a duty not to kill them, and then breaching that duty. And I don't think that he necessarily breached a duty. I think as part of his job as an actor, he felt it was necessary to point that gun. Whether to pull the trigger is different, which is why he's been so defensive 
uh, against the claims that he had did pull the trigger. It's but a closer sure, call. Yeah. And as you other. just said, uh, there's there's no way that he wanted to pull the trigger and have his friend die. No. But someone is saying that that actually was his intention. And that is Donald Trump, which Ooh. is what he's talking about in this interview. Right. So he said Trump apparently said that when this happened, Baldwin probably shot her on purpose. And they this have a history. T- they hate each other. Obviously, Trump is saying this not because Alec he believes this, but because he yeah. hates Alec right. Baldwin. So Trump makes this comment. And then Alec Baldwin says, not only did he, did he say it, but it put my life at danger, in danger, right? Yeah, he said it was the first time he's really felt, he, you know, I think he's always been kind of a little bit afraid of the, the Trump mob because of just yeah. like playing Trump on SNL. But he said this is really the first time where he was really terrified. He said... Yeah. What, what, what do you, I think we have the sound on Baldwin's exact comments about what Donald Trump said and what it did to Baldwin. The former president of the United States said he probably shot her on purpose to me was really the only time I thought that, that I needed to, that I was worried about what was going to happen. Because here was Trump who instructed people to commit acts of violence and he was pointing the finger at me and saying, I was responsible for the death. It's a, he, he's, you know, Alec Baldwin once again, sort of making himself into the, to the victim of this entire thing. I don't, I don't, I, I, find, I, I don't see the link that he's drawing between Trump saying that Baldwin is responsible for her death, which is something Trump would say, and his threats link, against his life. His link is he's saying uh, Donald Trump has the power to incite the January 6th riots. Yeah. And therefore, if he blames me for someone's death, the people who support him will come after me. It's a tenuous link at best because Alec Baldwin is not fearful of that because he clowns the president on SNL every weekend. Right? Right. He's, he's not scared of the, the mob. He's scornful and contemptible. He uh, has contempt yeah. for them. But doesn't it seem scared? So this seemed a bit like histrionic to me and the whole I kind of got it though I mean you don't think I mean I feel like he's 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 played this he's played Trump you know for how many years on SNL mm-hmm. and he's probably he gets death threats all the time and terrible tweets but well, I he's think not now, scared of it well he just does it I, well, I think it probably always it. lives with it a scared. little bit right but now he's saying but this actual statement of him saying he probably shot her on purpose is going to incite this insane mob and I get why he would be fearful really fearful I, I, I can for s- the first time I totally get I, it I can see the, I can see the link I mean in, 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 with the January 6th thing the allegation against Trump is that he specifically asked those people to storm the Capitol and was led the chance of hang Mike Pence. And there's much more of a close link between Trump's comments and potential risk of to, to the lives of the congressmen people. But here, Trump never said he should be killed, right? He just said Alec Baldwin basically should be thrown in jail for murder, I think was his claim. And that's 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 more attenuated than what I guess what I'm saying here. is the more likely thing to to make Trump call on his followers to harm Alec Baldwin is that he makes direct fun of Trump. Trump Trump is sort of commenting on a news story and saying he hates Alec Baldwin. So he's like, yeah, he probably shot her on purpose. But what offends a narcissist like Trump is that he stands up there and makes him look like a buffoon on SNL. Right. So that would be something right. that would cause Danger to Is it Alec remarkable that we're talking Baldwin. about what the former president, what might trigger him to call <laughs> right. for the assassination exactly. of Alec Baldwin? Right, yes. right. So I wanted to bring this back. We, yeah. we can end with this, with, with what I think is Baldwin's most incredible statement to date. Uh, he was talking about the stress of the incident of the, uh, the killing of Helena Hutchins. He talks about how much his wife, Hilaria, has meant to him uh, throughout She's been this a real rock. She's been a real rock. And he says, the stress of this, quote, has taken years off of my life. There's that's, tone that's death hard, and there's hard, like yeah. Beethoven death. Like he is he is completely <laughs> in another world to say it's something that's taken years off his life when there's been a woman who what was What he's killed. saying is the stress of killing a woman, whether innocently or not, yeah. the stress of killing a woman has taken years off of his life. Yeah. There's a 38-year-old woman who died as with a result a of son. this action with a young son. And a widower. 
and okay. Widower, and it's taken years off of Alec Baldwin's uh, life. I'll he hasn't def- slept def- well in months. I'll defend him. I will defend him. Uh, I bet on you this. will. You're Hampton's neighbor. <laughs> I, will, yeah. I will defend him on this because he didn't want this to happen. He was friends with her. He loved this woman. Yeah. This is a tragic incident on set, and it's not. It, it, regardless of who winds up being at fault here, right? And obviously, he's not taking any of the blame. This is devastating for him. Yes, and so he probably has not been sleeping, not been eating. You know, uh, just you don't Katie, say it in a CNN you, interview. Right, you take your tummy ache and you go to bed. Everything you said okay. is true. Everything you said is true. It is an awful incident. Obviously, she, she's the number one victim. Her family. He is also a victim of this too. He has suffered tremendously. I'm not even disputing that. I am disputing he's allowed to say it's taken years off of my life. But why are you not allowed to say it? Not in a CNN interview. He could say it in his What, a Fox News interview? No, 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 no. I just say it like these are private thoughts. These are thoughts you can have at home being like, this has been really stressful, hilarious. It's really taken years off my life. But you don't go on CNN because precisely because of this. It's so tone deaf. It sounds like. And and also from a legal point of view, I do think in cross-examination, if he were in in a civil lawsuit, I think that the plaintiff's attorney, Helena Hutchins' family's attorney, will ask him about this and will point out the tone deafness of this comment, the callousness of this comment. It makes him look callous. Right. And I, I certainly hear your point, Katie. I really do. Obviously, in a, to, to a large degree, I agree, with, I agree with it. But when you say something so callous, I think it makes you look like a non-caring person. Like a person who might cavalierly wave a gun. I do not. No, no, no. I do not get that at all. But. Like, like a person who might be victimized by an angry s- mouth. Right, right, right. So let's move on. We've got we've got another big story here. So Dwayne Wade uh, has petitioned the court to change the name of his biological son, uh, Zion, to his new to her new gender, Zaya. So it's it's to petition it's, to change the name and change the gender and legally. Change the gender yes. legally. These are petitions you can file in California and and, and other jurisdictions. Um, this is interesting. So Zaya, it, this has been going on. This is not a brand new story. We've known Zaya has trans, transitioned for a while. Zaya is 15 years old, and and a lot of people have views about when this type of transition should take place. In my view, uh, if it is sincere, that's the right time. The, mm. the, you know, what if it's sincere at eight? It's it's a hard it's a harder question to to realize that it's a sincere and permanent transition yeah. when a child is younger. And yeah. I think when a child is eight, there's still time for these things to develop. Not to push them in one direction or another, but just for it to concretize in yeah. the human itself. I think Zaya, from what I've read, uh, is has has really committed to this transition and feels as though uh, she wants to live her life as as a woman. And so I applaud you know Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade for taking this step to actually you know, support this movement. I think a lot of people have different views of this, but that's actually, I I take them on a case by case basis. And this one seems sincere to me. And so I think it's supportive. Yeah, I mean, it's really just up to the parents, right? When your child comes to you, you know your child and you know the situation and and it's your call. And I really applaud Dwayne Wade, who's been such an ally and in this whole process, which I think in the beginning he even said was not easy for him, right? And he's really, really worked to be an ally to the community and really support Zaya. I I applaud him. Yeah. So, so uh, let, let me start with the things we all agree on. Uh, Zaya should be able to live whatever life she wants. Her parents are phenomenal. We we have talked at length about the fact that in the NBA community, it is not something that was very acceptable uh, until very recent day. And I'm sure Dwayne Wade has a lot of whispers behind his back about this sure. and all that. And they don't seem to care at all. And God bless them. And good for them. And good for good for Zaya. I don't, we, there's a lot of things that we don't trust 15 year olds to make the right decision on, even with the consent of their parents, right? To drink, to vote, to join military service. They are too, they're considered too young to make those kinds of decisions. 
she she's I uh, from what we've seen they're not very public uh, seems to be a very mature person and I give all the credibility in the world to the parents and desire that they are doing this and they think it's the right time for them I have a 15 year old 15 year olds are stupid they just are and my yeah. 15 year old's very smart yeah. but she's still stupid and yeah. she makes all sorts of dumb and bad decisions that she regrets five minutes later and five months later and by the way the re and this is such an enormous transition uh, legally and by the way, people at 50 can make an, a, a mistake and transition when they're not ready to and regret it. And so, and there's nothing irreversible about that, that's this. That's what I was going to ask. Say, what, not, what's the harm if Zaya uh, five years from now says, I want to go back to being Zion? There's not really. It's less harmful than destructively yeah. keeping her in a, keeping Zion, him in a gender that he feels uncomfortable uh, in. Uh, maybe, right, to the extent maybe. that you're keeping, I mean, she, she can live whatever life she wants yep. without the legal uh, imprimatur of a stamp, rubber stamp or whatever. But I, I just, I, I, I hear you guys, and it's, it's tough for me to take a stance that's anti this because I firmly believe that everybody should live whatever life they want. Uh, but if the law is going to allow it, is 15 too young? Should we wait until somebody is 18? Because that's sort of the, the that's sort of when we allow people to make cons like a 17 year old cannot choose to have sex with somebody. Yeah, but a 17, uh, but a 15 year old can change legally their gender. It just seems like a bigger thing than having sex, and we restrict a 17 year old from having. It's sex. It's such a tough issue because I agree with you that we draw these clumsy lines in the sand all the time. Yeah, we draw right. we 18 have because we have, we have to. to. We have you to know, you need to have right. society right. follow something. Is 18? Do you turn on a light bulb in your head and you're ready for military service? Of course not. It's it's right. just a it's just an arbitrary line that's been drawn, and drawing it in in this case. It, you know, it seems it seems as though it could be really destructive to someone who sincerely, since they were 11, feels like they yes. should be a woman to make them wait seven years arbitrarily. Yes. And then all of a sudden on their 18th birthday, they get to, you know, live fully the life they are legally with their gender change. Yeah. Making them wait that out for a sincere person is harmful. It it, it could mm. be harmful to could that it, person. I guess, so I guess I guess it could. It's a hard I, issue. I, I guess it could. It's a really hard issue. Yeah, but, but we draw these lines all the time. Twenty one to drink. I mean, why? Yeah. You leave it up to the parents, right? I'm like, they know their child better leave, than anyone. But she, anyone. but Zaya can't have sex with a 19 year old. We wouldn't leave that up to the parents. Right. Dwayne can't say that's cool. Right. So it, it, it's a tough, tough it's issue. Tough in issue. this in this particular case, I find it sort of hopeful. You know, I've seen uh, Dwayne talk about it on the Ellen, the Ellen show, and he was just very, very open to it. And you're right. He's in a league where there's probably whispers. About, he was in a league where there were whispers behind his back. They're not the most progressive arm of society, you know, uh, a testosterone-driven. Athletes, athletes generally. I mean, athletes it's, it's general. better than the NFL is, but it's still it's not, you know, where it's not liberal at yes. all. Yes. And I thought he just had a sort of openness and acceptance and yes. love behind it so this one to me uh, seemed okay but yeah no i agree it's a very strong issue so let's move on to something uh equally fraud. what i'm talking about kanye you want to talk about garbage garbage bags what do you think <laughs> kanye west he's defending uh selling his decision to sell his yeezy gap sweatshirts out of trash bags so if you walk by the gap now you will see rows and rows of neatly folded jeans and then you will see overflowing trash bags filled with yeezy apparel now are they trash bags or you're, so you're a shopper the, what are these things I, you actually? know what they, they look them. like trash bags but it's actually kind of it does look more like an art installation Every, does everybody trash. know I, ikea bags do we do we all know what that is yeah, does everybody know what the blue canvas yes. bag it's canvasy plasticky yes. it's meant to be reused so and it's yeah. harvey described them as construction bags these look like yes, you know they, they, they hold they a large bricks. amount of gravel or bricks. Gravel, right, yes. exactly. Yes. Exactly. So those are so these are set up in the middle of the gap, overflowing with sweatshirts. If you want a Yeezy sweatshirt, you get in there and you dig through the bag and you find your size and you, sweatshirts everywhere. Anyway, he's come under fire for this and people are saying, you know, uh, people aren't into it. And he's right. defending himself now. 
Are they saying? Do we have the sound on this? Because Kanye is what Kanye says here. I I find fascinating. I actually agree with him. He was completely apologetic, right? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) totally. Yep. Do you understand? Some people have felt that putting clothes in bags is insensitive, perhaps, to homeless and other people. Look, man, I'm an innovator, and I'm not here to sit up and apologize about my ideas. That's exactly what the media tries to do make us apologize for any idea that doesn't fall under exactly the way they want us to think. This is not a game. This is not just some celebrity collaboration. This is my life. You know, I'm, I'm fighting for a position to be able to change clothing and bring the best design to the people. This is to me, I don't defend Kanye often because I find him a puffed up narcissist, but this is him at his best. Kanye yes. is an I artist agree. and art challenges you. Yes. And the reason he did this sounds like he wanted to challenge people. He wanted a, a visceral emotional response. Now, Kanye works closely with homeless shelters and the response that I think he wanted was that he is uh, sort of supportive of that. And some people have said this actually demeans homeless people. It makes it look like you're bringing homelessness into the gap and it's it's insensitive. Though I don't think that was his intention. And I think it's kind of cool that an artist pushes the envelope. That's what artists do. And also, right? this is a killer campaign. Look, we're all talking about it. <laughs> I mean, everyone's sort of going to walk by the back to I, see I don't that, even see where the criticism is. This is, it's brilliant. It's gotten attention to the gap, and God knows the gap needs attention. And it's interesting. And he, right, he is an artist. He's not just a clothing designer. And he's an artist. And if if Banksy were to pe- yes. put a piece of his art into this same bag, people would be like, wow, what, what an oh, innovator. Yes. But we don't give that same credibility to, maybe it's because clothing, it's not n- traditional art, but it's art. No, but I, I agree. I think he arches his back that people see him as a musician, not an artist. He sees himself as an artist, like Banksy, on yeah. a level with yes. Banksy. But when we see him, we're like, he's kind of a clown. Banksy's yeah. a true artist. And he's like, no, I, I make art, and and this is an art installation of a sort, and I'm, I sort of support him on that. It I is one hundred percent. It didn't yeah. go, it didn't go sort of so crazy. Like if he put like jars of urine around, or really like sort of oh, boy, something I like that. I could see people being like, oh, that's gross, Kanye. Don't bring jars of urine into into <laughs> into Gap. But he put them in bags. I what mean, a I, bizarre I thing. What, he's, the guy, he's the guy that pees in the dressing room. Let's admit it right now, aren't you? The health department might have a problem with the, yeah. jars of urine. The, also, right? the only person that complained about this are Gap employees because every yeah. second. <laughs> when you have to bend down and pick up but a million do, yeah, sweatshirts that someone right. just threw out of the But do they have bags. to refold them? So I worked at The Gap. Yeah. This is so a true story. I. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Several, several years after oh. you. But <laughs> I was an old Navy guy myself. <laughs> several years after me. Um, <laughs> you were her I worked manager. at The Gap, and the worst... The, <laughs> seasoned veteran the worst part. The worst part was folding up the T-shirts, and you had to use, like, this the, little... The board. T- the board, this T-shirt yes. square, and fold everything. Do the employees have to fold the stuff when no. it's pulled out of the bag? They just throw it back in the bag. Oh, I would take shoving it back in the bag. Maybe that is better. Let me ask you a question. The one thing I do find surprising about this is that the gap is on board with just like handing the reins over to Kanye, who is sort of, yes, an artist, but also sort of all over the place. What's the gap going to say? Oh, we have better ideas? They don't. (laughs) When's the last time we've talked about the gap? It's a good point. Where Derek will not go there because it's (laughs) too pricey. Too expensive. (laughs) Yeah. Old Navy. That's why Derek's upset. Old Navy or bus. I like downstream gap. So so I want to finish up here with a story that's near and dear to my heart. Finish. The Prime Minister of Finland. Her name is Sana Marin, is 36 years old, uh, and she has brought a new wave of youth and vitality to the Finnish prime ministership, and, and she's really, she's very popular in the country. But a video recently surfaced of her raging, and it's a video from a few days ago. It's not like one of these old things to, back when she was 18 years old. It's in the last couple of weeks, and she is clearly intoxicated, and she is 
raging and grinding. She, and no, she's a, not grinding. She's a she's right below grinding. She's below grinding, but not but like, that. I, would I wouldn't call be surprised. Twerking. I would call it like like gyration, maybe like yes. light white light, lady light, gy- yeah. light gyration. Yeah, is how we'll describe it. And she's getting a lot of criticism, mostly from the old guard who didn't like her in the first place because she's young and female and the whole thing. Beautiful, and, 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 and she's pretty and 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 whatnot. And so there are a lot of people who don't like it. Whatever, we're not into Finnish politics. But my wife is Finnish. I have we happen to have a, a family event happening, and there's a couple relatives from Finland who are staying at my house right now. Uh huh. It's and we were talking about this last night. They love her. Interesting. Yeah. And they are, they say, this is she is, like an Obama, like rock star. She's like an she Obama a, rock star. She's okay. got that look. She's, she is quite pretty and she's very young, obviously. And this video just, it, it basically concretes the uh, impressions that people already had of her. People who are older and more conservative and don't like her, don't like her even more because of this. Right. But the country that voted for her. This is the why country we voted for her. This she's is cool. why we voted for her. Now, she did have to come out and deny being on drugs at the time. And I do think that there is some point where you don't want your prime minister to doing lines, you know, doing rails of coke. Yeah, they're a big role model. Right. I mean, well, they're a role model. And also, like, if the stuff goes down, right, they're, they have they yeah. have a, the second largest border in the world with Russia. Yeah. You know, right. and so... Yeah, we need her on our game. We need her on she our game. She can't be shrooming right. when Putin's knocking at her door. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And they, they live under a persistent that they have since well before World War II, a persistent threat of a Russian invasion. And, like, it's such a crazy time, and for her to we don't we don't want her sort of completely out of it for forty eight hours because she's on a coke bender or whatever. But so what are your what, what, what are the fins called that this makes her stronger or this hurts her, beats her up, and, and now the old guard's going to come in and I, sort of if I had to read tea affairs. leaves, I would say they kind of wish it it wouldn't happen because she clearly is hammered in this video. It's not like she's just having a good time right. and she may or may not be drunk. She's clearly hammered and they kind of wish that wasn't out there but at the same time it does reinforce the fact that she's young and with it and hip and lives a life like they do. And do you think this would be different if it were a 36-year-old man hammered? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because, I mean, you have witnesses coming out saying, quote, she sat on the laps of two different men. All right. It's How a good does that, point. like, who it's cares? It's a good point. It would be seen as like, oh, look no, at him. Got, look like, him go. Surrounded uh, by chicks. Oh, no, oh, Except for Rob Ford. Rob, Rob Ford. I, well, if a, first, well, if a... Tommy boy. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. But... If Rest a, in peace. Though. If a 36 year old male politician sat in the laps of two men, it would well, also oh, be a problem. Yes. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. He wouldn't survive that yeah. as well. Um, but uh, yes, there is a gender yeah, component without question. Of yes. course, there is. She's a young, beautiful woman, and uh, people don't want to see her doing this. Although I in love Finland, it. isn't it much more progressive in terms of gender equity uh, or not? Uh, it is more. I mean, they have a Finnish. Pri- they have a prime sure. minister. It's the second consecutive, I think, consecutive female prime minister. The so, most famous one looked like Conan O'Brien. It looked like that? just like Conan and O'Brien. Like like stories whirling around. Right. <laughs> right. Conan would talk about it all the time. Anyway. Right, right. In, in any event, uh, yes, be totally different. It was man, Rob Ford, the mayor of Toronto, I yes. believe, uh, who was event- died eventually of drug use, but uh, was indicted a number of times. But he was a rock star because he was such a party animal and unapologetic. Yeah. Well, he and was he wasn't partying, partying he was, doing he was, hardcore drugs. He was smoking crack. He was smoking it was crack. different. <laughs> it's than, a little different. Than a little grinding to Lizzo. Yeah. Or yeah. She I mean, she, it, this, this to me, I watch this clip and I'm like, this seems completely innocent. She's, at, she's in an apartment. She's having fun night with her friends the video got out who cares and yeah. then she was like you know dancing with a man at a club all right yeah, yeah. you can it still did do look your like job a saturday at katie's you, yeah, it, it, it didn't see it didn't yeah. offend me she can wake up yeah. the next day and do her job a lot of people brought up the fact she was wearing her wedding ring while sitting on her <laughs> What? Are you not allowed to do that as a married woman? Listen, if I go to a seat and you're sitting in it, what do you want me to do? You've got to sit on the left. Lick the finger, Lick the finger and pull the ring off. Oh, can you imagine the firestorm had she, had she been seen taking uh, the ring off and sliding in her pocket? Yeah. Doing the move so smoothly. All right, that'll do it for Have us. Have a good weekend, everybody. Have a good weekend. See ya.